Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. I am Pittsburgh Current Editor and Publisher Charlie Deach coming to you this morning, as always, from Sorgatron Media in the heart of the Beachview Business District. I'm really excited about today's show because we have the Wizard World Comic Con coming here this weekend, and um, we have uh, one of the participants, actor Thomas Ian Nicholas, will be there. Thomas, good morning. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I feel like I'm on Wayne's World. This is awesome. <laughs> really? We were going for the Wayne's World vibe. You should see our other places even more Wayne's Worldy. so it's, uh, it's a little weird. I'm um, all for it, dude. I'm down <laughs> like a clown. So people know you, obviously, for movies like American. Probably, I would think a lot of people either saw you for the first time in Rookie of the Year or American Pie, because that was like two sort of phases in your career. Um, yes, most of my scenes got cut from Radio Flyer, so. Oh, yeah, you were in Radio Flyer, <laughs> correct, yeah, yeah. Um, so how did you get started in the business? Where did you Where did you grow up? How did you? Uh, I grew up in Los Angeles. I would mm-hmm. say my first, like, I mean, I started acting when I was six. My yeah. first big gig was playing a young Tony Danza right. on Who's the Boss on the 100th episode. I recently, uh, Tony was at another Wizard World, the one we did in uh, in Philly, I believe, um, and I hadn't seen him in 20 years. Wow. Uh, I played his daughter's boyfriend on the Tony Danza show in 1996. I think it was, that was the last time I saw him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was, I forgot about this. So you, did you want to be an actor at that age? Is that something that you wanted to do? Was it your parents sort of, uh, talking to you about that? Uh, it was, it was definitely my idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, the opportunity arose because of my mom. Yeah. Um, she was casting atmosphere at the time. She had, we had moved down to LA in 1985. Right. Um, I was born in Vegas. My mom grew up in San Jose. We lived in San Jose mm-hmm. for a little bit in Santa Cruz. And then we moved down for my mom to pursue her acting career. Um, she ended up, you know, getting a job in casting just as like, you know, to stay in the business and generate sure. opportunities. A lot of times she would put herself <laughs> as the featured extra performer right so in a in in the film that i made my debut in she plays like six featured roles she's the reporter <laughs> she's the nurse she's yeah she's Great. like all over the thing uh you know <laughs> with different hairdos right um and so yeah she got like a call on a sunday night saying hey we need a an altar boy for this low budget jan michael vincent movie um you know and and it was 10 p.m call time was 6 a.m monday morning wow so she woke me up before school started, said, you're coming to work with me. I got her out of a jam, but I loved being yeah. on set. And so I basically bugged her about doing it again. And that bugging turned into, you know, going out and finding an agent. And, you know, my mom always asked me like every two weeks, hey, are you sure you still want to mm-hmm. do this? Or, you know, back then this is, you know, 1986, this is an 87 is before like having, you know, cell phones and even pagers. Yeah. So if I had an audition... My mom would, you know, roll up to the school like right when it ended. If I didn't, then, you know, I would play at school and then, you know, do the buddy system and walk right. back to my sure, place. Sure. Uh, and if I didn't want to go, my mom would say, cool, no problem. Play yeah. with your friends. So it was always, always my decision. And did you probably make it more often than not? You made it to uh, go to auditions and or was it a little 50-50 at that time? Uh, I remember specifically this one, this one thought pops into my head. Remember one time that I uh, I stayed to play with my friends, and then I ended up like 
getting into a fight with one of my friends or yeah. like getting hurt or getting my feelings hurt. Right. And then I pretty much just went on the auditions from that point forward. Cause I was like, forget that. Yeah. You know, play, I can get my feelings hurt at school. I don't need to stay after school for that. Well, there's a scene in rookie of the year that is exactly that, right? There was the, the whole thing with your buddies, you're building the boat and then you, so let's talk about rookie of the year because um, I was not a teen when I saw it. I'll admit I was a young adult and I've watched it like, I've watched it play 30 times in my life. It's just, it's I a, wasn't a team when I shot it. <laughs> I was a tween. No, I don't know. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, no, you're, <laughs> you're totally good. <laughs> um, but I remember I'm a huge baseball guy. And so it was two things had, you had me in two things with that movie. Number one, I'm a huge baseball guy. Number two, I was born in 1971 and sometime in the early eighties, I saw the buddy Holly story. So I was a huge Gary Busey fan. So there was a time that whenever Gary Busey did anything and I saw a lot of crap at that time, I would go watch that Gary Busey movie. So Gary was in, was in, uh, was in that movie with you. Um, so what was, what was that process like? Were you, um, is that one of those auditions that you happened to go on that you got? Um, it's, it's kind of a crazy story. Cause I, I, uh, I auditioned for it mm-hmm. uh, and didn't get a call back. And then randomly, um, I was switching agents and my new agent said, called up and said, hey, I got an audition for you for Rookie of the Year. And I said, well, I've already been on that. Right. She goes, well, obviously they don't remember you, so go again. <laughs> yeah. So I went again. And at this time, they had auditioned kids in LA. They auditioned them in New York and right. Chicago. And it was getting to the point where Daniel Stern, his son – uh, Henry, right. who's now uh, a senator in California, right. uh, was only 10, but he was like, listen, if we don't find what I'm looking for, then I'm just going to have my son play this role. Right. Because wow. uh, at least I know what he can do. Yeah. Uh, and I know he has the right tonality for this. And and then and I walked and got the call back. And then I, I met with Danny. And I, I'm, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Danny like felt the, that he wanted to hire me like right at that first meeting because mm-hmm. at the end of the read through, he just looked at me and he's like, where did you come from? And I don't even know why I said this, but I was like, my mother's womb. And it, 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 I mainly said I, – I, I will answer why I said that. I mainly said that because I was 12 and it was kind of complicated yeah. to be like, well, I was born in Vegas and then I <laughs> right. lived in Santa Cruz yeah. and now I've been in L.A. for yeah. you know six years. There's so I didn't know if you- I sh- what city I should say I'm from. <laughs> right. So I just like came up with the, the the mother's womb line. I don't know why. Well, you're at that age at that point where that's probably the one time in your life you can get away with that joke without getting a side <laughs> eye and thrown out and security called and <laughs> everything. Um, so that's although that's got to be. I mean, well, Daniel also, Stern I mean, decided to go with you over his son. That's got to say that. Well, I mean, I don't think he really wanted right. to hire his son. I think it was just in the sense that he wasn't finding. Yeah you know, what he wanted because you, you really needed someone that, and, and sort of my MO, at least in, in, in the comedy world is being just, uh, kind of natural and approachable, which is sort of how I try to be at wizard world. Uh, it's just kind of who I am. Um, and I think that, you know, he wasn't finding that with the, uh, the auditions, I assume. I don't know. I never, I mean, they also offered it to, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal, I found out recently. Wow. Um, because he had worked with him on City Slickers. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't. Yeah, I forgot. Jake yeah, yeah, but but I, his parents wanted him to stick with drama, so which is what I'm doing now. I'm right. kind of switching gears. Drama is more my forte, mm-hmm. and at the time, uh, comedy was my weak point. So I think in that moment, when I answered that question to him, yeah. I was trying to be funny because I had seen right, you know, City Slickers <laughs> and yeah. 
and all that. So have you, um, did you at the time, did you, I mean, I know you were, you and were young at the time, but did you, did you know that that movie was going to, I mean, cause a lot of people, I have friends. I, I, I worked for a while, uh, South of Chicago. So I have a lot of friends in Chicago that I swear to God, they think you're a cub. They think Henry Rowengarder is, is, is a, is a cub, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so did you have any idea that that movie was going to blow up like it did? And it's still, it's still strong today. I mean, I didn't necessarily know. And it was, it was just like American pie. The mm-hmm. first one, uh, they were both sleeper hits. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't, <laughs> this is not the day and age of Marvel movies <laughs> right. opening with, you know, a billion dollars opening weekend. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, both of them did respectively well, but they just sort of stayed, uh, and, and continued to perform in the box mm-hmm. office and, and rookie of the year when it made $50 million in the box office in 93. Yeah. Uh, I certainly wouldn't have said like, Oh, it's going to be a cult classic. <laughs> I just knew it had done well. And I knew that at the time. Um, you know, I was, I was being recognized for, for my work in it. And, uh, I think as it, as it continued to go forward, I, I thought to myself prior to doing American pie, gee, I hope this isn't the only thing that I ever do. Cause right. if that's the case, I'm going to be a pretty disgruntled 30 something year old in rehab, <laughs> uh, you know, denying that that was me. I don't know. <laughs> it's better than being a disgruntled 30 something, not in rehab. You know, I mean, if you've got the drug problem, obviously you don't want to go if, well, whatever. Uh, we're talking to Thomas Ian Nicholas. <laughs> he's here this weekend. Uh, he's here this weekend living the Pittsburgh life. He had Permanis for breakfast. He's going to be at Wizard World this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Um, we're going to talk more with Thomas when we come back after these words from Compassionate Certification Centers. Marijuana. Thousands in Pennsylvania have pain and easily qualify for a medical marijuana card. Call 888-316-9085 and Compassionate Certification Centers will help. Visit cccregister.com. Does your chronic pain get so intense it affects your ability to go to work, perform basic tasks, or even get out of bed? Call 888-316-9085 today. Compassionate Certification Centers can connect you with certified doctors that can answer all your questions on medical marijuana. We're back with Thomas E. Nicholas, star of Rookie of the Year, American Pie, and a lot of other great stuff that we're going to talk about, as well as his music, and as well as his appearance this weekend at Wizard World uh, Comic Con at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we actually have some tickets to give away for Wizard World, Um, and you can go to any of our social platforms, which is at PGH Current... (laughs) That's a story I'll tell you later. Uh, and you can also email Olivia at PittsburghCurrent.com, and we will enter you in the drawing for those tickets. Um, so, Thomas, as I said earlier, I saw Rookie of the Year, number one, because I'm a baseball fan, but also it was a huge Gary Busey fan. What was And it, people, especially people today, know a completely different Gary Busey than you knew and a completely different Gary Busey than I grew up watching when I was younger as well. What was it like working with working with Gary at that time? Um, you know, Gary was uh, was really nice to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. He he once carried me by my underwear across the lunchroom in front of 100 crew members, <laughs> about 25 feet or so. Just for but he was really nice to me. <laughs> just for the heck of it? Or did he was he was it was there a bet on the table or no bet on the table? <laughs> it just was Gary. Gary. So that was, I mean, that was post accident, I believe. Um, but very early, I think, after his motorcycle accident. Um, yeah, that post, I think both of them. Yeah. What what was that whole 
um, what was the, what was the whole filming scene like? I mean, it was, um, was it, I mean, I know it was obviously, it was a family movie. There were several kids on the set, obviously. Um, but what was that, what was that, um, what was that experience like? What was the scene like? Uh, I mean, it was great. We, we shot in Chicago yeah. for three months. Um, we had 55 shooting days. Uh, I worked 54 of them. Wow. Um, you know, we shot on Wrigley Field for an entire month wow. in October. Funny story uh, for, for baseball fans. At the time, uh, the producer, Bob Harper, met with the Cubs administration and owners, which was not the Ricketts back then, mm-hmm. and said, um, you know, they, they okayed them filming at Wrigley Field. Right. And they said, you, well, when can we shoot? This was May of 92. He said, okay, well, you can shoot in October. And they said, well, what about the postseason? And they said, we can guarantee you that you can have Wrigley Field in October. There will be no post. And they knew this in May. Yeah. Uh, so they were very excited about that. Also, in, in regard to Wizard World this weekend, I wanted to also mention, uh, for those of you that don't win tickets, you can still get 20% off your that general admission uh, if you use my, uh, my, my discount code, which is my initials and Wizard World's initials. So Thomas Ian Nicholas Wizard World. So T-I-N-W-W. You get 20% off, and not only am I doing the, the meet-and-greet stuff, but I'm playing on the entertainment stage on Friday and Saturday, and uh, I don't know the times, but the schedule's on the website. <laughs> yeah, I never can... know. I just, I'm at my booth, and they go, Tom, you need it on stage. I go, great. I'm, I'm on my way. So, well, we can, let's talk, let's talk, before we talk about American Pie, let's talk a little bit about your music. Have you always been musically inclined? Is that something you were always interested in or always performing, or when did that sort of develop in you? Uh, I started playing guitar when I was about 14 and I started touring about 11 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, in here in Pittsburgh, I shot a movie. Uh, I want to say it was in 07, I think bridge to nowhere. Blair Underwood directed, mm. um, locals, Mike Dolan and, uh, Ben Barton produced it. And, um, I ended up coming back every year for like five years playing shows in shady side. And, uh, and I love Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, I, that's that is when Pittsburgh became one of my favorite cities was back when we shot that movie. That's awesome. Um, so what kind of, uh, how would you describe your, your music to new fans? Um, you know, it's funny. <laughs> we got like a nineties vibe because I grew up in that, you sure. know, that I mean, I had my mom's collection when I was a kid and then the nineties grudge era was, mm-hmm. you know, my, my Stilo in, in, in junior high. So I kind of have a combo platter of those, but more nineties yeah. rock on the sound. And I remember, you know, 10 years ago, I'd finish a show and someone would be like, you really sound 90s. <laughs> and now everyone's like, wow, you really sound 90s. So <laughs> it all comes around and I just do what I do. God love nostalgia. That's it's it's great for um, it's great for for those of us that, uh, you know, like to live in the past a little bit like myself. Um, so do you enjoy acting or performing more, performing music more? Do, or do you have a preference? Is it? Uh, they're, they're two very different things. Sure. Um, you know, for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love them both for, for vastly different reasons. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, as an actor, I'm playing more characters that are outside of myself. And as a musician, I'm just, you know, free and being myself. Um, obviously, as a musician, I'm, I'm writing the songs uh, and doing a lot of originals. So um, there's that. And, but I'm also, in, in the film world, I'm also now producing. Right. Uh, and I've produced about six features and I've got one that's in post right now called adverse, which is, uh, with Mickey Rourke, Penelope Ann Miller, yeah. Lou diamond Phillips, Sean Astin. 
So I'm not writing those, but I am getting to, you know, to choose those in a different way than just auditioning as an actor. Right. And I wanted to, um, I wanted to talk about that. Um, so I saw the cast for adverse and I was like, again, talking a little bit about just, I'm a huge fan of great character actors. And those are my favorite. Like I, I grew up, you know what? I've always loved guys like powers booth and, and, and guys that were in everything, but they made their statement, you know, in, in that film. And you've got a lot of great, actors in that film what's the film about it and and how do those different uh, players fall in yeah and in fact sam levine will be here at wizard world and he uh right has a a role in the film also uh the film i play a uh a rideshare driver um that has to navigate through a dangerous crime syndicate to save my sister wow so mickey rourke is the head of the crime syndicate matt ryan who was constantine is his right hand man he got Andrew Keegan and Luke Edwards, uh, Luke, who was in another baseball yep. film around Rookie of the Year, yep. uh, sort of play some of the henchmen, so so to speak. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely tried to lose myself in this role uh, in a big way and become exactly that. I, I, yeah. Character lead is like, that's, that is my ultimate, ultimate goal yeah. as, uh, as an actor, to disappear into the role. And, and it's one of those funny things where... I've been at my booth and someone will point at, you know, Walt before Mickey, where mm -hmm. I played Walt Disney. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, what'd you do in this movie? And my picture is right there <laughs> as Walt Disney. And I'm like, that's me. And they're like, no. Wow. So I mean, my, own, my, my greatest uh, claim to fame as far as disappearing in a role was uh, Rules of Attraction. I remember I went to the premiere. My mom was sitting next to me. I was on screen for a couple of minutes and my mom randomly leans over and she goes, so when are you going to be in the movie? I go, bum, that's me. So when you fool your own mother, you know, you've, uh, you know, you're, you're on your way. Um, so I was actually, as I mentioned, I was talking off, uh, off camera a little bit. I, um, interviewed earlier this week and you can find the interview at pittsburghcurrent.com. And also you can go to wizardworld.com for all your ticket information and the schedule and, and everything like that. But I was talking to Brian Krause of Charmed, who will be at wizard world this weekend. And what he kind of what he told me was his goal was to never be famous. If that happened, it happened. But what he wanted to do was be a working actor his entire life. Retire, work as an actor, retire as an actor. Is that sort of where you sort of where you view your your goals and career? I mean, because you've obviously that's what you're doing right now. I mean, I just yeah, I love I love creating yeah. and staying in the creative space. I mean, that's one of the main reasons I started playing music was all the downtime in between films or even mm -hmm. when I'm on a film sitting in my trailer kind of twiddling my thumbs you can only run your lines so many times right. you know and that's you know I just love to stay in that creative space yeah. it's why I like producing and acting uh less time sitting in my trailer twiddling my thumbs because right. when I finish the scene then I go I go from work to work right um so yeah I mean I would say that that fame is is a byproduct of success mm -hmm. but yeah it's not the ultimate goal though once you do achieve it it can open a lot of doors right. so i definitely am very thankful for yeah. for the success that i've that i've had over the years how did you how did you navigate that 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 space in between it sounds like your mom was a big influence and a big help on that but how did you navigate that space in between rookie of the year success and then were you 17 or 18 when you got american pie i was 18 18 yeah. when you got american pie how do you navigate that transition from teen tween, you know, star in a really big movie? How do you navigate that area between that and then American Pie? I know there's some work in there, but how do you 
just that transition of being a child actor into an, into a young adult actor? How does that work out? I mean, statistically, there's only about three to five percent of us that kind of made it through into a young adult right. or into an adult career. Uh, it's a it's like the uh, the eye of the needle, so to speak. Right. right. Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, uh, I just stayed at it. I mean, mm-hmm. I was I was taking acting private acting lessons at a at a, uh, a a really good school for for you know kids, and then by the time I became a young adult, I got thrown out because he's my acting coach is like you've been here for 10 years i can't teach you anything more uh but i mean i went every semester for 10 years wow um you know just auditions at the time um you know from 86 until 98 there was probably a hundred or more auditions every year wow uh so you know i've heard no a lot in order to to land the 50 jobs that i've had in my career um so i think it's it's just I've learned to enjoy the the journey and the challenge and uh, and like I said I, I love to stay in the creative space so if I'm creating a character for a potential opportunity or doing something I don't know there's just something about that it's kind of like like what do writers say they say how do you write we well, you, you write every day exactly yeah. so you know if if someone has a goal you just got to do something toward that goal every day absolutely. We're talking with Thomas Ian Nicholas of American Pie, of Rookie of the Year. He will be at Wizard World Pittsburgh this weekend at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. WizardWorld.com for your ticket needs. You can also email Olivia at PittsburghCurrent.com to enter uh, our contest. We have some tickets to give away. And also, you can get 20% off your tickets if you go to the site and you use the uh, promo code T-I-N-W-W. That's right. T-I-N-W-W. My initials. And Wizard World's initials, 20% off your GA tickets. Perfect. So let's um, let's kind of go down the stretch here and talk a little bit about um, American Pie. Because What's that, that? You ever heard of that movie? I, I, I've heard rumblings of that. <laughs> it was, I believe, the film. At that, there seems to be a film every five, six, seven years that sort of bring back the hard R genre. And, and that was the hard R return of, I think, of that time. Um, yes, Adam Herr is uh, the writer had a theory that films had a 20-year cycle. And so he studied uh, Animal House and Porky's yeah. incessantly and and sort of combined them all. I mean, uh, point in case, if you're familiar with Porky's, the internet Nadia sequence is the hole in the girls' locker room sequence. It is, with absolutely. Technology. Wow. Uh, Sorg and I are both nerds, and we both like, hey, that's, that's right. I, think, that's- I, I don't think you really said, huh, right there because uh, of the correlation. <laughs> I think you just started imagining naked girls. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, when I don't imagine that, that's when things, uh, that's when things are a little different in my day. Um, so you're 18 years old, and you go on that movie, and it's, you know, it's, um, there's a lot of, uh, there, there are sex scenes. There are, you know, how do you, as an 18 year old, wh- what did you think about that? Was that in a wreck? Cause that, you had a pretty intense scene with Terry Reed. Um, I'm yeah, go. Yeah. Pretty intense. Let's call it pretty intense scene with Terry Reed. How does something like that as you're 18 years old, what is that like when somebody says, okay, Hey, you're going to blank and get, do this scene. I'll, I'll tell you how this, this went down and we'll, we're going to start at the beginning. Please. The scene he said, go back to the beginning. So here I am, <laughs> back at the beginning. Sorry, uh, Carrie Elway was at the last Wizard World. So um, 
if I, our uh, fans don't get that one, don't 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 spoil it for them. If they don't get that one, they shouldn't be here. Yeah, fans. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I gave them enough of a hint, <laughs> uh, and it wasn't Robin Hood Men in Tights. Um, so I uh, I got the script the first time, and it was uh, titled "Untitled Teenage Sex Comedy That <laughs> You Can Make for Under Ten Million Dollars That That Audiences or that studios will hate, but audiences will love. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. I, I might be getting it wrong, but all those details were in, we're in the, the actual title of the film. That's amazing. Uh, and the opening scene was Kevin and Vicky with uh, Kevin, um, let's just say, um, using his hands <laughs> right. and Vicky giving him instructions. Um, so it wasn't, uh, you know. Just Jim by himself. Right. It was right. sort of, it takes two to tango. Anyway, uh, right. I, I read that opening scene about two pages in. I shut the script. I threw it in the trash. <laughs> I called my agent and said, why are you sending me porn? <laughs> um, wow. And so I would say like a couple weeks later, same thing. They had, they had auditioned around, couldn't find what they wanted. Um, in fact, I found out recently uh, the full details of yeah. them offering the role to Andrew Keegan, my uh, friend who I went to high school with, yeah. but he couldn't do it because of his uh, schedule with Ten Things I Hate About You. Wow! Um, so they were they were dying to like find their last person. They had the whole film cast, and my agent called me. Now I don't know how true this is, mm-hmm. but she said, "Look, they really want to see you. Uh, can you just read the whole script and give it one more shot?" Mm-hmm. And so I agreed. Uh, I of course. T- I didn't read it. I mean, I, I did read it <laughs> right. eventually, but I'm saying like I, I called my agent. Uh, I was supposed to, you know, this is before email. Sure. So she couldn't just email it to me. Right. So I was like, listen, I've already threw the other script away. <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks. Trash has come and gone. Right. Um, so I said, leave one in the Dropbox for me. I'll yeah. come pick it up and then I'll read it. So five o'clock comes. It's audition supposed to be the next day. I call my agent. I said, listen. I haven't picked up the script yet. <laughs> I, I didn't make the drive to Century City. Just schedule the appointment. Right. I'll go. I promised you that I would read it. So anyway, I drove down, picked it up, uh, woke up at like five in the morning. I had, my audition was at eleven. Yeah, and uh, I uh, I read through it and I was laughing hysterically. Yeah. And I realized there was also a lot of heart in there. And so you know that was my sort of take on it is that being that I come from more of a dramatic background. And sort of my approach to even you know rookie of the year and being grounded, mm-hmm. I was I was more focused on the idea of you know Kevin going through the struggle that most people go through. Most people know a guy like Jim, sure. or they know a guy like Stiffer, but they aren't that person. Most yeah. people are Kevin. Are Kevin right? So so, so my entire approach was just to you know depict what we are all going through and let people know like, hey, this is pretty right. normal we we're all kind of sharing this it was yeah. in adam hers's mind and you know uh and maybe he modeled kevin off of uh chris bender sorry chris for outing you uh <laughs> who's one of the producers um but you know that was that was my thing to let people know that also you know while uh while sex is obviously the goal of most high schoolers it also complicates right. things and and you know Kevin and Vicky are so focused on it. And then what's the first thing they do? They break up. Now, granted, that's a little fast, but yeah. that's kind of, you know, similar to uh, to what people experience. So I think for me, art is uh, about knowing that it's 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 okay and that we kind of all go through similar things. It, I, I think what what it, what I liked about those movies, and, and it's, it's probably um, 
the sign of everything in that film work together is that, um, yeah, I mean, obviously everybody know that, you know, Jim banged a pie in that movie, but it's not the first thing I think about when I think about those movies anymore. I mean, because I've seen them, I think on repeated viewings and, you know, the whole series. And it really is just about the relationship between the guys, their relationship with, you know, in love and just sort of managing, just sort of get through life like we all are. And I think that that's what resonates most with those movies. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I think that's why that film kind of stands out um, against some of the other teen sex comedies mm-hmm. of the era uh, is that there was a lot more heart in it yeah. than it wasn't just, you know, the broad comedy. Sure. I mean, they went a little bit more for it with each of the, the sequels to where we kind of jumped the shark with American wedding, but then we brought it back with reunion. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. And I, we definitely jumped yeah. the shark yeah. <laughs> in reunion when we had Finch acting like Stifler. Yeah. Like I can't even watch it. I can't <laughs> even watch one. it. Um, I do want to I do want to talk to you because I've read some things as the 20th anniversary of American Pie has come up. Some people are talk have been talking about that there are obviously some scenes in there that are problematic now that maybe weren't back then. The part where um uh with uh, Jim's uh escapade gets sort of broadcast out you know without without her knowing on the internet and some of those things are kind of brought up as that kind of stuff wouldn't wouldn't obviously wouldn't play anymore and. What do you think that – do you think that something like that should – I guess how do, you, how do you respond to something like that in terms of um, if you were to tell somebody not to throw the baby out with the bathwater? Yes, that's a problematic scene, but there's more to this movie than just that. How do you, how do you sort of think back on that film? Um, again, the comedy worked then or some of the scenes worked then, but maybe the, some of the themes, I guess, necessarily in today's age um, don't work. I mean – I don't know, man. We made it in '99, yeah. and, and we we were we were combating certain things that we were allowed to do and weren't allowed to do. Also, yeah, you know, especially on the sequel, especially yeah. on American Pie Two, there was certain things in the uh, in the drafts that we would see that the studio would kibosh, mm-hmm. um, so that we towed certain lines. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, I understand what the correlation is, but sure. we're, we're not talking about saying that that's okay. Right. Jim obviously made a mistake. Sure. 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 He wasn't spying on yeah. her. I mean, yes, he was with his friends, right? but the, you know, the whole student body seeing it was, uh, a mistake for comedy's sake. Right. And that's sort of the basis of comedy yeah. is that comedy is really only funny if you push the envelope. Right. So, absolutely. you know, we're not, we're not talking about a, a, a dramatic, film that says hey everybody let's broadcast right, our friends naked on the knowing. net right, yeah, yeah so i think it's all it, it all has to be uh sort of uh digested in context right right um we are talking with thomas ian nicholas he will be at wizard world uh pittsburgh this weekend friday saturday sunday at the david o. lawrence convention center uh www.wizardworld.com so as we're sort of wrapping up here um, what are these conventions like for you in terms of interacting with your fans? How long have you been doing them, first of all? And, and what's that experience been like? Um, I mean, I guess my first Wizard World was June 2017. Mm. Um, the first Comic-Con that I was ever yeah. a part of was in 2012, which I think is around the time that um, you know Comic-Cons kind of shifted into more of a pop culture mm-hmm. phase kind of delving out of the, you know, superhero right. comic book realm. Um, and uh, anyway, the experience for me is 
I still get starstruck if I see someone whose work I really enjoy. Yeah. And like, especially if I see them at a restaurant with their friends or family, I feel weird about like running over to them and, and interrupting them while they're out. So Wizard World Comic Con for me is like an opportunity to say, hey, I'm here for you to interrupt me. I'm yeah. at my booth. Come right. say hi. Uh, and and my the thing I love about it is I've learned that I've kind of grown up with the people that have enjoyed my work. Yeah. We've all we're all around the same age. Right. Um, you know, the film Rookie of the Year, I was twelve and it was meant for twelve year olds. Right. So it it's like kind of <laughs> in a weird way, <laughs> like catching up with old friends that I haven't gotten the chance to ever yeah. meet. Um and and an opportunity for me to say thanks for enjoying what I do, because honestly, if I didn't have people that cared or watched or enjoyed my work, yeah, I wouldn't still be in the business thirty three years later. Um, this is a question I like to ask folks who, um, <laughs> who, who do these, uh, because I actually, the first time I ever asked it was probably almost eight or nine years ago. I asked George Takei this question because he came to town for an event. Um, and I asked him, what's the strangest thing that a fan ever asked him to sign? And George intimated that it was, um, a body part. <laughs> so I just want to ask you, I don't know if that, you know, what's the weirdest, has anyone ever asked you to sign something odd or have you signed many like arms or bodies or? Um, there's been some, some body parts signed yeah. over the years for sure. <laughs> um, certain body parts are more prevalent at rock shows than at Comic-Con. Gotcha. Um, I would say the strangest thing. And I remember, uh, so on my first album, uh, I had, cause I've done six albums mm -hmm. uh, and I'm working on the seventh one right now, but I remember Bruce Kulick, uh, played lead guitar on my first album. He played with Kiss for 15 mm -hmm. years. Now he plays with Grand Funk Railroad. And he would talk about these like shows he would do in South America where he'd go down, play lead guitar, and like everyone be dressed up like Kiss. And then he'd sign, you know, body parts, right. arms, legs, things. And when he came to the city the next time, they'd have his signature tattooed. <laughs> wow. And uh, that's probably the strangest thing is I've had a couple, just a couple of people that have had me sign like an arm and told me, like, I'm going to get this as a tattoo. <laughs> And I've thought, wow, like that's that's serious, man. Yeah. That is a serious autograph. And I, <laughs> I definitely take my time to make sure that it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> is that flattering or more flattering or more creepy when someone says they're gonna get you tattooed on their arm for I don't necessarily think that I mean it's it's flattering. Yeah. Uh I'm not saying please do that. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't have any tattoos because you know, the main difference between me and let's say Sean William Scott and yeah. hair and makeup tra trailer on American reunion is right. I was in and out in 10 minutes and Sean <laughs> had to spend an hour getting all his tattoos right. covered and airbrushed. <laughs> so I probably won't get a tattoo. Yeah. No, it's totally flattering because it, it's more of the idea behind it. And that's, that's my whole kind of um, my vibe at, at wizard world comic con mm -hmm. is, you know, I've collected autographs and, yeah. and memorabilia. And when I look at that memorabilia, I remember the time of getting it. And if the person was cool and I had a great experience, then it's like this, it's like that, yeah. <laughs> what is that? The, the Facebook time hop, it pops up and you're <laughs> right. like, wow, remember that moment, that yeah. day, seven years yeah. ago when that happened. And that's the kind of vibe that I want to, you know, leave people with. Absolutely. Um, you know, you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to be that memorabilia on the wall where they go, remember when I met that jerk, Thomas Nicholas? What a, what a douche. Isn't he the one that fucked the pie in American pie? Oh no, it's the other guy. Do you ever get confused for uh, for being the pie? Yes, for being the pie. <laughs>
was a big career move. That was a gutsy career move for you to be the pie. Yeah, it was. You know, <laughs> I uh, I did it for pies all across America. Really fantastic, as we all should. Thomas E. Nicholas, thank you so much for all the time today. I really appreciate it. Appreciate uh, you coming down here, and um, we hope you enjoy Pittsburgh for sure, and enjoy the Comic-Con. Absolutely. You can get tickets to the Wizard World Comic-Con, wizardworld.com. You can use the uh, promo code T-I-N-W-W to get 20% off, and if you want to win tickets, you can email Olivia at pittsburghcurrent.com, and she will uh, be picking a winner later today later today and so um thank you very much this has been the pittsburgh current podcast and uh thank you to our sponsors compassion certification centers have a great week a better alternative giving Pittsburgh a better alternative this show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network find out more at sorgatronmedia.com